Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. So there was this guy, Harry, a Holocaust survivor, whose camp was liberated when he was young, in his 20s, and he went on, you know, despite what happened to him in his life, to create a family, start a business, have a good life, live to a ripe old age. He died when he was about 90, having lived this post-Holocaust rich life. And he went to the heavens, and he saw God. And the first thing he did was tell God a Holocaust joke. <laughs> no response from God. <laughs> Harry said, guess you had to be there. <laughs> Not so funny, but it does introduce my topic today, which is God's absence. Guess you had to be there. <laughs> Just in case. Do I need that? No. no. Excellent. For the live stream, for the live stream. Okay. Does everyone have this sheet? And if you don't, please share with a neighbor. And I'd like you to open up the Torah as well. We're going to read a few verses from this week's Parsha, which is Ha'azinu. To try and understand why, at least according to the Torah, and then we'll look at a midrash and, and a little bit of philosophy, why God hides. Now, interesting, one of Rabbi David's themes throughout the High Holidays, and one of the themes you know, of the High Holidays, is human hiding. So now I'd like to consider what it means for God to hide. Okay, can I have a reader? I want to go back a few. Yes, 1188. So till now in the Parsha, there's this beautiful poetry about how God raised up the Israelites, right? Um, redeemed them, cared for them, nourished them, cultivated them. For instance, on page 1187, he set him atop the highlands to feast on the yield of the earth. He fed him honey from the crab and oil from the flinty rock, curd of kine and milk of flocks, with the best of lamb, lambs and rams of Bashan and he goats, with the very finest wheat and foaming grape blood was your drink. Right, so nourishment, nurturing, cultivation. Now let's see what happens to this people that was nourished and nurtured. Michael, do you feel like reading? Yeah. Okay, great. Do you mind standing up and reading really sure, loud? Should I do the Hebrew and English? Or? You know what? Do do the English and let's keep our eye on the Hebrew. If there's something I want okay. you to read in Hebrew, I will tell okay. you. I want you to go until through twenty-one. Alright, um, so Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat and gross and coarse. He forsook the God who made him and spurned the rock of his support. They incensed him with alien things, vexed him with abominations. They sacrificed to demons, no gods, gods they had never known, new ones who came but lately, who stirred not your father's fears. You neglected the rock that begot you, 
Forgot the God who brought you forth. Okay, stop there for one second. So what's the connection here between kind of success or feeling, um, you know, being quote-unquote fat, you know, being well-nurtured and forgetting God? What's, what's, what's that connection? Why would those two be linked? What's going on here? Yes? Um, I interpret it as um, without balance, if you're too, uh, you're beyond satisfied, you get excess. And excess leads to ungratefulness and disconnect. Okay. Uh, okay, so so there's a lack of balance. There's a, there's um, uh, there's an extreme nature to the success, and in that somehow there's a forgetting. Yes. There's a forgetting of what? Of, of, of the energy and the spirit that gave you your the breath and life and the, the simple things that existed. Mundane yeah, and, and, and go ahead. Yeah, Alan. Complacency that comes from complacency. Comfort. Who gave you these things? I love the little phrase. I don't know if you, this little. Um, it's not a little joke, but I don't know if you've ever heard this. You know, um, he, he was born on third base, right. and he thinks he made a home run. Or she was born on third base, and they think they made a home run. What does that mean? What's that about? Privilege. Privilege. So you go to Harvard. Your parents went to Harvard, so big deal. So big deal, right? So what came before you? Where did you get the gifts that you have? What's your privilege? So you get fat, and you forget your origins. Does anyone want to add anything to that? Yeah, Evelyn. My teacher used to say, why do you reach, why do you reach for God when you're down? Why don't you reach for God when you're up? Yes, and it's interesting. Reaching for God when you're up, there's a, um, a kind of character trait, a, a positive character trait in Judaism called hakarat hato, recognizing the good you already have. Right? It's, it's related to gratitude, but it's not exactly gratitude. It's actually seeing the good in your life rather than focusing on what you don't have. Yeah, Karen. Karen's the Muslim lady. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was actually going to talk about my own personal experience. Oh, good. I love um, that. Do you want to stand up so people can hear you? To the mic. Just just be quiet. <coughs> um, that if you connect yourself to your past, you, I, could understand that my the past generation suffered greatly. Mm -hmm. Suffered greatly. And I come after that. And so what's my connection to that? And how do I express the tikkun, the healing, the, what comes next, what comes after? And so I feel, um, you know, it's the connection that allows you to reach when you're high because you know from the depths that you're, you know, history has, has come from. Yeah, you're standing on the shoulders of others who've made this passage and suffered so you can be right here. Exactly. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really. curious what the Hebrew says in line 18 about the word forgetting because it almost occurs to me that there's an I don't need you anymore about this. <laughs> so, forgot the God that um, spawned you, perhaps? Mm. It could also be present tense, right? Like the Mechal, Mechal like who creates you. Nice, yes. Yes, oh, that's that's really beautiful. 
So that, that indicates a kind of spiritual work that you're always being brought into existence. And by who? Beautiful, thank you. Yeah. It, it reminds me of somewhere there's an essay by Saul of Asia where he talks about prayer, the essence of prayer being all about what he calls needs awareness. Just to, to, to be aware of our needs. And it has always struck me because we spend so much energy and effort trying to satisfy needs. And here it comes along and says, no, the essence is actually to remain aware of, of how needy we are. We all That's really interesting because there's there's a, a, a midrash, there's a, a rabbinic legend, which can be construed in a disturbing way, but it also could be construed in a, in, a, in a beautiful way, which is that God actually wanted the matriarchs to be barren because he wanted their prayers. Mm. He, he meaning... The, the, he meaning the, the, um, the character of the God in the Bible as we have God, but also obviously, you know, I believe in many images and genders for God. Um, so yeah, so God wants us to come to God out of our need, out of our vulnerability. Okay, only a couple more comments because I actually, this is not my theme for today yet. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Tony, Tony, Jonathan, Karen, just quick sweep, and, and Basia. There's yeah. a beautiful balance in terms of uh, describing the two hands of God here, I think, between Karen's connecting to time and the past and the beauty and value of that. And what's just been brought up as God always creating us in the moment. So there's this timeless yeah. Yeah. now, yeah. which we can open to, you can say, vertically. Yeah. And then there's the time-bound yes. uh, gratitude. Yeah. That, and so you have both the horizontal and the vertical there. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Jonathan. I was just thinking, or looking in the Hebrew, and there's a lot of uh, elements of nature around. Like yes. Not only the rock, but also the milk, and also the water, and also the uh, the goddesses, and also like and like there's a lot of connection to the earth and connection to um, to certain things that you could also find that you could worship, right? Like mm. if it's not only your god. And then I was thinking about what um, Michael was saying, like this ongoing. Um, Forgetfulness from I was thinking about how we sort of in this consumeristic type of approach we consume things, whereas actually our, our, our consumption is maybe like our need of like filling ourselves with something that is not godly in order to yeah. feel more godly. Yeah. So Shopping therapy. <laughs> yeah. Shopping therapy, right? Shopping therapy. Like you're feeling down and you shot. It makes you feel more powerful, less yeah, vulnerable. Exactly. I'm not sure there's nothing wrong with that, but yes. And then you feel like you, you, uh, you have in a way like more godly because you have more power onto certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick. I'm okay now. <laughs> okay. I just want to make one more short comment. Yeah, and then Basia also had her hand up. And Lisa, but... So now I just want to say something about Musar because um, <laughs> we talked about awareness and um, we start our year out um, with awareness because there's an ending and then there's a beginning and so we end with equanimity and we start with awareness. You know, yes to look at needs, yes to check in with ourselves, yes to look at what's around us, what's before us, what are the possibilities, you know. 
so to give us, you know, to move forward. So um, I invite anyone who wants to practice Musa with us to think about awareness this month. And to think about joining Karen and Alina's class, we're starting soon. I just want to say something about the sore, the rock. I just yeah. noticed that in the song, there's so many images of rock, and I think this is Moshe's last swan song. It's like uh, the song that he's singing because he can't enter Israel. Why can't he enter Israel? Because he didn't talk to the rock, he hit the rock. And I just noticed how many images of rock there are in this. So it's like he can't get rid of the rock. You know? it's like, it's like, so that's really beautiful because the rock then is foundational. And if you yeah. mistreat the rock, then your foundation lifts. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, you know, they say that no one forgets God in the gospel. And that would be this time. But in, in terms of messianic feeling that there'll come a time where, where in our fulfillment and joy, we remember God. Yes. Hallelujah is about recognizing God in joy. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Let's go forward. We're okay. Michael, go ahead. Right. Just a few more verses. So through 21. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. The, the Lord saw and was vexed, and spurned his sons and his daughters. He said, I will hide my countenance from them, and see how they fare in the end. For they are a treacherous breed, children with no loyalty in them. Okay, let's stop there. So God's response to this whole phenomenon of becoming fat and forgetting God, um, forgetting where they came from, is to what? Hide, to hide God's face. And in fact, in the Parsha beforehand, God says, Haster astir, if I'm getting any of right, Haster astir et panai, right? I will hide, I will hide, my, it's, a, it's a doubling of the verb, my face. And what the Midrash, the rabbinic, the rabbinic interpretation does with that is sees that as a kind of prediction for the book of Esther. So that mm -hmm. Esther's name, right, means God's hiding, right? Haster, Aster, Haster, Esther. And the book of Esther is the only book in the Bible that doesn't mention the name of God. Okay, so let's take a step back. I want to give you a few more frames, and then we're going to do one more text, if we have time. Something very small. Okay. I just have to say about the rock of Basia, and this is connected to the kid. The rock of Basia. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The rock of Basia. I'm going to have a new band that you know. The rock band. The rock band. The doesn't have the word of God also. And it has two Israel. That was the whole debate between the Orthodox, um, back then the Orthodox party and Ben Gurion's party, that the name of God would not necessarily be revealed. Because the secular uh, Jews in Israel back then didn't want God to be there, but they put Sul, and Sul is here. And that's in relation to the hiddenness of God that each one can interpret Amazing. it. Amazing. So, rock as a name for God, but as a name for God that kind of hides God's name. So that everyone would be comfortable with Sur. Okay, so now. So there are many theologians, both Jewish and not, that talk about the Torah and even the sweep of history as a process in which God increasingly hides, right? which gives rise to the secular age. Now, if you think about the beginning of the Torah, the Garden of Eden, what is God doing in the Garden of Eden? <coughs> Walking around the garden. Right? God is right there with us. 
And then human beings are kicked out of the garden, and that begins the process of distancing, almost like parents and children, right? Good parents. <laughs> Good parents slowly let, like, sort of let their children do more and more and interfere less and less. This is not about Jewish mothers, I promise. Okay. So what I want to do, the rabbis in Breshi Rabbah and Genesis Rabbah in the Midrash, in the rabbinic interpretation about Genesis, describe this very process in a fascinating way. And I'd love somebody to read this in English. You have it in Hebrew as well. It's on my page that, I, that we distributed. Arthur, do you feel like reading? You don't, I don't have to. No, no, I don't know. Oh, we have a, Sharon wants to. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't mind, she wants to. Sharon, will you stand up? Do it really well. We're talking about uh, the Breshi Rabbah, right? Yeah, so let me just, let me just, so the, the word in Hebrew on the first line is, is mehalech, which is not reflexive, but mithalech is the reflexive word that's written in Breshi, in Genesis. Okay, so they're, they're making a comment here about the fact that it's reflexive <coughs> and what that means. Okay? How they're interpreting the fact that Walking is a reflexive verb. Okay. Rabbi Abba ben Kahana said, not mechalech, but mitalech, is okay. written here, for which means... Forget that, the numbers. <laughs> which means that, oh, for, which means that it repeatedly leaped and descended. In other words, the presence of God repeatedly leaped and ascended, and that's why a reflexive verb was used in Breshit. What is reflexive? Uh, yeah. What's a reflexive verb? Related to yourself. So what's an example myself. in English? Comb your own hair. I dress myself. I yes. Myself. Yeah, okay. We don't have reflexive verbs. Yeah, not, not in the same way. Right. The real home of the Shekhinah was in the nether sphere. When Adam sinned, it departed to the first rakia, the first firmament. So it went, the, the real home of the Shekhinah, the indwelling presence of God, right, the feminine presence of God, is down here. But when Adam sinned, it went up, and then? And then when Cain or Cain sinned, it ascended to the second rakia. Right, so another level up. When the generation of Enosh sinned? So Enosh was someone who was said to bring idolatry into the world. It ascended to the third, when the generation of the flood sinned to the fourth, with the generation of the separation of tongues. That's the Tower of Babel. That's the Tower of Babel. To the fifth, with the Sodomites to the sixth, with the Egyptians in the days of Abraham to the seventh. But as against these, there arose seven righteous men, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Levi, Kohath, Amram, and Moses, and they brought it down again to earth. Abraham brought it down to the sixth, Isaac from the sixth to the fifth, Jacob from the fifth to the fourth, Levi from the fourth to the third, Kohath from the third to the second, Amram from the second to the first, while Moses brought it right down below. Okay, stop there. Because there's a, a slightly different um, issue that's about to be brought up in the Midrash. So, so 
Sin works to exile the Shekhinah, and what works to bring the Shekhinah back down, according to this Midrash? Righteousness. 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 And if you think about Moses, Moses literally is the master of that direction, because Moses brings the Torah from above down to earth. Right? A teacher of mine, Yochanan Mutz, um, may his memory be a blessing, actually one of my you know, main teachers in my, in, in my life, um, a, a famous Bible professor who developed Parkinson's, but really a delight to learn with, um, used to say that the job of every rabbi and teacher is to bring, in, within the Jewish sphere, is to bring Torah back down to earth, meaning make it accessible. Right? Don't make it inaccessible. That's the opposite direction. Okay, so Moshe brings it from the heavens to the earth. So it's a question for each of us how we do that, or, or how that is what, as learners, we need in terms of it, um, learning being back, brought back down to earth. But what I want to do, and you have a bunch of readings that we're not going to get to now, so there's not much time. I want to conclude with a short exercise. I just, I'm, I'm intrigued that the evil goes up and sends that each one performing an evil deed, it goes up. That's fascinating. I think it would go down. But it sends God away from the earth and away from us. That's what our sinning on this earth does, according to this Midrash. Okay, and then our righteous deeds brings God, or brings the Shekhinah, the indwelling presence of God, back to us. Uh, so Shekhinah goes into hiding. Exactly. It goes into exile. So what I want to know, just to do a little shortcut in the interest of time, I'll do a quick exercise with you. What do we do that brings Shekhinah down? And what do we do that sends Shekhinah away? So Shekhinah comes down to us when we, when I, I mean, I will start with an image. When there's no Shalom Bayit in my house, when there's fighting in my house, I feel like, We've chased the Shekhinah away. And forgiveness, at least that's the way I experience it in my family or without, brings Shekhinah back down. Especially if you experience as God as or Shekhinah as what dwells between human beings. Right? So how do you have relationships where you have that sense of indwelling presence? And within you. <clears throat> and within you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Taking it back to the conversation before and the verse before, if you are selfish or looking at yourself or, or sort of think that you are just fabulous, that pushes God away, mm. pushes other people away. Yes. And when you are open to to being appreciative yeah. and yeah. thankful, that, yeah, that brings God closer. Beautiful. Love that. Thank you. <coughs> when I do a mitzvah, even though I don't really want to, but yeah. I still do it. Yeah. Wow. So when you force yourself to do a mitzvah, even though you're really not there emotionally, but you you just get there somehow. And you do Beautiful. It. And you do it. You go to that shiva minion, you go to visit that sick person, you go do whatever you do. Okay. Yes. Um, I like to say uh, I just got back from rehab. From where? I just what? got from rehab. Um, I had addiction for four years, and so that wow. the deeper I got into addiction, the more I felt disconnected from the divine. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm back here, I've been more intense, intentional about getting really, really vulnerable, 
and being open-hearted, mm. and I find that the divine has come back in my life in a way that's restored a lot of energies. So I really relate to this. Uh, wow. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that, and please let us support you if we, if we can. Okay, yeah. So uh, recycle, reuse, repurpose. <laughs> recycle, reuse, repurpose. Facetiously, or to be funny, uh, I'm realizing lately that uh, stewardship of the environment is a mitzvah. I've been researching the, uh, the sources of that. Uh, you know, it's a conversation for another time, but uh, really, one of the ways to reach your feet of down is to be good stewards of the environment. So not exploiting the earth and actually moving us in a different direction, right? And restoring that relationship Absolutely. with the earth, with, with Mother Earth. Absolutely. So yeah. this is deep ecology. Yeah, deep this ecology. Is, Ecology for us. Yeah, thank you. We need to really replay that. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I want to follow up on the gentleman near me. Okay, loud, 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 loud. Clear, loud. I want to follow up on you, especially to acknowledge your vulnerability. Really, it's amazing, boldness. So, from the depths I have called to you. And you answered me in your... And you answered me with your expanse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of my so favorite the, the songs. Deeper, the deeper we go, and that's my experience also, not just with addiction, with other things, the deeper I go into the hit button, or they say also, Lev Shabu Loti Ratze, when your heart is really broken, when you're really low, you call with such an icon and everybody. You call with so much intention mm. that God can't resist you. Mm. Yeah, mm. You come stronger. And usually what we, we go into, as you say, commonplace, like we are in a kind of space like that, and we mm. can't bring this soul mm. power. It's out for us. Mm. But when we go really low... Well, who wants to know their, their own brokenness, right? It's painful. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah, David, thank you. It just struck me that <clears throat> all these things together say that when we reveal ourselves because we have no choice, because we're so broken, that's when we're accessible to God and to yeah. reaching to God, and God reveals himself, himself. Right, so we have perhaps a choice to make ourselves accessible to God, perhaps. Okay, so I'm gonna take a few more comments, and then we're gonna go into our kavanah, and I, and I really invite you to read the, um, the other texts on the pages, because I, I believe they're illuminating. Um, okay, go ahead. When we, um, when we hide from one another, we're hiding from, we're, we're hiding the presence of God. When we smile... We're hiding from the presence of God, is that what you said? We're hiding the presence of God. Oh, we're hiding God. the presence of God. When we, wow. When we look That's interesting. at one another uh, and, and, and observe one another's faces, and we look into one another's eyes and smile and beam from our heart and soul, uh, our neshama, then we are revealing the presence of God mm. in our world. Mm. Beautiful, thank you. Beautiful. It's a beautiful twist. I love it. Evelyn, is that an. And Alina, and then we're going to go to our Kamina. Yeah. When we just think of what we are and who we are and where we are, and we are grateful, and we have humility that it wasn't 
us necessarily alone will do it. Yeah. After we've gone through. Yeah. And I wanted to say something about what we said before about God hiding. Yeah. That there's a Hasidic saying that God plays hide and seek, <laughs> and he hides, and he's afraid nobody's going to look for him. <laughs> oh, wow. So we all play hide and seek right, from each other, from God, from ourselves. It can be, you know, almost it's hard to bear this exposure and this connection and this, you know, contact. It can be hard to bear. Okay, there was another, Alina. What Mia said reminded me I'm working with these prisoners. They've been broken. I feel it's the most holy, as this is holy, and that is also such a holy experience. They're so real. They're down to the base, and they just are available on a human level. That is unbelievably healing to anyone who. Prisoners, you're talking about. Yes. You, and you're saying this from the work that you do with prisoners. What I do. Like I this is your first-hand knowledge. Yeah is why it's so rich, because there's no application left, and they're just available, and we are all healed by it. Thank you. Thank you. Robin. I, I was so, I don't know your name, but I was so struck by what you said, because when you first started and said, you know, when like you're really feeling yourself, and I was like, oh, because you can never, can you never feel God when you feel good? And it's like, it's so important, I think, to recognize that like in our depths, we need God, and also when we're feeling really at our best, that we can also feel that that's God and that's not just us, and not just like just be with that, you know, to have both of it. So like right now, yeah. when you're when you're like on your feet, that is that is it too. So there's a saying, "Shiviti di So we we stand in front of God, we hold God to us all the time, right? And it. When we're broken, it's a different stance than when we're celebrating and we're grateful. Like a different, it might be prayerful, it might be singing and dancing, it might just be acknowledging. Yeah, yeah, Kim, and then, and then last one. I'm sorry, Kim, yeah. I'm just sort of like stringing together a lot of things. Yeah, could you stand yeah. up so they can hear you? I, I, I love it when people string things together, thank you. <laughs> A lot of stringing out a lot of things that people have said, which is when you don't hide from yourself, it's easier to not hide from others because you bring more of yourself. Mm. Did everyone hear that? More of yourself. No. So when you don't hide from yourself, it's easier to bring more of yourself to others because it's more accessible. Right, and when you bring more of yourself to others, it's easier for them to not hide from themselves because it makes other, your humanity more apparent. So that's beautiful. So our own work on ourselves is actually a gift to one another. Right, and so when more people not hide, more that people don't hide from themselves and bring themselves into the open, the more God is actually present. Yeah, thank you. And and we actually saw that today, so, so thank you. Thank you. All right, so this kavanah is for those who want to build the capacity for bringing the shechina down and for revealing more of ourselves to each other, to ourselves, and, um, and upwards, or, or horizontally, uh, to the divine. So I invite you to join me for the first aliyah.